Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You are listening to episode 52, midweek series number 24. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with Lambro Sirmos today. Costa is not here. Uh, and we are joined by our special guest today, uh, Dutch journalist Thijs Verhaar. Thijs, thank you so much for joining us. We're very excited for the interview. How are you doing this afternoon? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, quite good, actually. Looking forward uh, to a conversation. So uh, let's go. Fantastic. Before we do get into the interview, we have a, f- a couple very quick uh, housekeeping items to discuss for the podcast. Uh, we will be having a new special guest. Well, not a new special guest, but a newly announced special guest for the episode airing on Monday, February 15th. And that will be our good friend, Andoni. We, of course, play Panathinaikos in the big derby of Eternal Enemies this weekend. And Antoni, who has proclaimed himself our favorite Panathinaikos fan, will be coming on for some post-match derby banter after the game. We also, of course, have an episode with the PSV podcast on February 17th. So that will be coming out the day of the game. We'll do some more pre-match analysis and uh, hopefully build on some of the stuff we talk about today. I would also like to say thank you again to our sponsor, Piraeus International Incorporated. Piraeus International has been importing and exporting cargo for companies and individuals for over 40 years. They can assist you in importing olive oil, marble, or any other goodies from Greece. They can also assist in exporting, whether you have one box or a full household of items that need to be sent over. Check them out at PiraeusINTL.com and give them a call at 410-675-4696. With that... Tice, we're going to get into uh, the fun part of the podcast, which is uh, talking to you about football. And uh, we'll just start out by asking you a couple of questions about your background. So um, obviously you work in the sport, and so you must really love football. Um, how did that love for the game arise? I'm assuming, you know, maybe a long time ago. And, uh, and how did you become a football journalist? Do you have a team that you support in the Netherlands? And, uh, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Uh, quite a lot of questions at once. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, started sorry, at, I can repeat if... Uh... <laughs> no problem, no problem. We'll, we'll make it work. Uh, I started loving football at a very young age, uh, as, as most boys in the Netherlands. It's, it's the biggest sport in our country. So, yeah, you, you have to love football or you don't even have many friends uh, at some stage. So, well, that's, that was an easy choice. And fortunately, I, I love the game uh, for real. So... That that was that was that was easy for me to uh, to grow into it, and I happened to have talent to uh, to write articles. So, yeah, it was quite an easy choice to become a football journalist. Uh, I'm in the business for four years now, I guess, four maybe even a little more. Um, I started working at uh, Goal.com. Uh, they have uh, editions in over forty countries. Uh, among which uh, the Netherlands. So that's where I started. And three years, two, three years ago, I made a switch to our uh, colleagues from Football Zone. They're the biggest news website uh, in the Netherlands. And there I make interviews, uh, analysis, and, uh, and what more. I'm also the correspondent for the Dutch national team. And I visit uh, PSV and Ajax and Feyenoord uh, quite often. So, yeah, that's me. 
That's awesome. A very diverse uh, profile in Dutch football. Of course, today we will be uh, in general focusing on PSV Olympiakos, of course, coming up against them in a European tie in about a week's time. And uh, mm -hmm. we want to know from you about their team. So um, I guess the first place we could start is PSV had a, a very a big cup game against Ajax yesterday uh, that they lost two to one. And um, I was wondering if you if you had any comments on the game, if you got to see thoughts on how PSV played. Uh, both Ajax goals came from new signing Sebastian Haller pretty early on. And mm -hmm. I think Ajax scored an own goal um, for PSV to get one, but they couldn't score the second. Correct. Uh, yeah, well, it was predicted that PSV would lose that match, even though it could be close and it happened to be close. But yeah, overall, Ajax has a surplus of, of quality. They're have a bit more expensive players, maybe a bit more experienced players also. So it was calculated that they could lose the game, but it's disappointing uh, nevertheless. The new coach, Roger Schmidt, um, made the cup one of the priorities. In the past, PSV was focusing on the, on the Eredivisie most, the competition. And they decided uh, Cup and uh, Europa, Europe League uh, was a bit less important. But with the signing of uh, Roger Smits as their new coach, they changed that. They changed their focus a bit. Uh, he said, "We have possibilities to win three trophies, so we have to go for it." You know. Uh, they signed a couple of big players, you know, like Götze, like uh, Philip Marx, uh, Sangare also. So uh, the cup was one of the priorities. So it's very disappointing that they uh, got out so early. So I guess uh, they'll have revenge feelings uh, anytime soon against uh, Olympiakos. Yeah, we'll see what they can do against us. But I, I have a question. You, you brought up the focus on Europa League. Mm -hmm. I, I think I've read in the past that PSV has disappointed a lot of times in Europe. Would you say that's true? They've had disappointing results. And do you think there's maybe a motivation this time to go deeper into the Europa League and get over that kind of European hump, I would say? Yeah, I guess, I guess you could say it. Uh, they went out early in Europe, uh, time after time, actually. Uh, basically, mostly because they decided to, to play their youngsters to keep their best players fit and focused on the competition. But Roker Smith uh, will definitely play their, their best, their best uh, selection against the Olympiacos. The, the focus is, is changed. Correct. Interesting. So I, I wanted to just ask you generally about the team so we can get a decent idea. How would you say their ideal formation is and how do they play? How how would you describe their football open? Dutch style, I guess our listeners would be used to. Beautiful short passing. And possession football, or is it counterattacking? Just a general idea for someone who hasn't seen them play ever. How would they line up? And kind of how would it be like to watch a PSV game? Mm -hmm. um, first of all, they play 4-4-2 or 4-2-2, uh, whatever you prefer to say. Uh, in midfield, you have, they have two holding midfielders and two players uh, for creati creativity, sorry. Uh, with two wingbacks, uh, like most teams nowadays. Uh, probably their best players. 
Philip Max and Denzel Dumfries, their captain. Uh, they will go forward 90 minutes long with, with two rapid, very fast uh, strikers. It's mostly counter, but they can have a position. Yeah, so that, that would lead me, I guess, the next question. Well, a description for our, our, our team. We're, we're decent on this, this set piece. How would you say the central defenders of PSV are? Are they big, physical? Will they be able to, to handle, let, let's say, a Ruben Semedo, Socrates Papasathopoulos coming in on a corner or a mm. set piece? We, of course, have Matthew Valbuena who whips in great set pieces. So that's a way Olympiacos sees they can score. Is that an area where PSV may struggle to handle Olympiacos? Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, Busakli is decent. Is a decent header. Uh, they have some more. Uh, Teze is quite good at heading, but unexperienced. So I guess uh, Olympiacos, uh, with, with their experienced players, their older players, uh, they have they have gone through so much, and yeah, the, the the defense of PSV is all new to that. So that could be an interesting uh, twisting point. In attack for PSV, I think uh, Daniel Malin has begun to make headlines all across Europe as one of the most exciting young players mm-hmm. in the country, or I should say in the continent, um, you know, and, and with Dutch teams having such a good reputation for developing talent. Would you say that he is, you know, the, the danger man, quote unquote, for this team? He's the player that Olympiacos defenders should give the most attention to in the PSV side? Uh, yes, with Sahafi. Uh, they, they have two strikers. Uh, Zahavi is a target man and Malen is the strong, uh, fast player who, who moves around him. Uh, so I guess, yeah, they, they would should be focusing on Malen, of, of course. Uh, he scores all the goals. But uh, Zahavi could, could sneak in at some point, you know. He, he, he made quite a lot of goals uh, recently. Just because Malen takes away so much focus from all the players, he'll find the gaps to, to lean in and, and, and score goals whenever uh, the creative players uh, find him. It's an interesting combination of youth and experience up top. And uh, one other thing I, I know you mentioned that arguably the two best players on the team are the fullbacks, uh, Dumfries and Max. Um, but with that being said, from a defensive standpoint, would you say that PSV are, are maybe weaker on one side than the other in the sense that Olympiacos might be able to sort of uh, concentrate their attack either to the left side or the right side? Or do you think they would maybe even be best going up through the midfield? Um, hmm, that, that, that's, that's a difficult one. Uh, Dumfries improved a lot defensively. Yeah, really a lot. And, and Max was already quite stable. Um, so... I guess through the middle might be might be work best for Olympiacos, you know, because Teze is, is good but inexperienced. And Bosakli isn't the, the, the fastest runner. So that could be a weakness for PSV. Yeah. yeah. And set pieces, like you mentioned. Interesting. So also I guess we, we don't really know so much how we're perceived and we read a lot of Greek media, blah, 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 English media, I guess, when it comes up. But how is Olympiakos perceived when they were pulled out of the, the, the draw back in December, was it now, for PSV? Were they excited about that draw? Was it seen as an easier draw? How, do, how did the Dutch media and PSV fans react to Olympiakos being pulled out? It's, it's mixed. Uh, they could have had a worse draw, uh, in my opinion. 
and independent of Dutch media. But also, yeah, we know Olympiacos is an experienced team. They know how it works. They, they know they they went through it all, and yeah, we know it's a priority for them. You know, uh, Olympiacos is already so much in lead in the competition, so they could they could focus on the Europa League, and that's uh, well for PSV is not the case. They have to um, mix their focus on three levels not now two without the, without the cup but still two levels so um it's not the easiest draw not not at all and psv is very cautious about that the, the players have ever mentioned time after time olympia cost will not be easy so they'll be prepared another question i have uh relating to psv's european campaign so there was obviously uh in the group stage of the europa league they had a bit of a stutter uh, with with COVID nineteen and some other injuries, and if I recall, they were missing something like eleven or thirteen players from their first team squad, and uh, they actually lost to Pauk, another Greek team, um, in their group, and and uh, had a little bit of a falter because of all the players that were out. Obviously, they, you know, rebounded and have you know gotten where they've gotten uh, to the round of thirty two, but. In a way, are they still reeling from from that uh, period where they were missing a lot of players, or you know, is everyone pretty much back and and healthy, or are they still sort of undergoing any injury difficulties? I know I think Gosa is injured right now. Yeah, Gosa uh, probably one of the best players. Also, I forgot to mention him earlier, but yeah, he's a world champion. You know, he's he's a big player, obviously. Uh, he's he's still injured. They miss quite a few other players like uh, Gakpo, and uh, not that. Familiar in Greece, I think, but he's, he's a promising youngster, uh, close to the national team at this stage. And they miss yeah, so, some other guys like Madweke. He's also a promising striker, um, the first replacement of uh, Malen, usually. He's out too. So that's uh, three uh, players. Viergeven is out. Romero's out for all the season. But no more struggles from, uh, from COVID. And Smeets, the coach, um, did a good job rotating all the players, you know, take off the best uh, key players whenever it's possible to make sure everybody stays fit for the, for the busy schedule in January, February, March. Yeah, rotation is so important, especially this year. We, as Olympiacos fans, a lot of times we get upset that our, our manager doesn't rotate enough. Um, mm -hmm. And it can be really dangerous. You know, you get into these European ties and everybody's just tired. Um, and, you know, we play in the Greek League, so we have even less of an excuse because so many of the games are, are quite easy for us. One, one other question I have is about another uh, pretty well-known, quote-unquote, wonder kid for PSV, uh, Mohamed Iataran. I hope yes, I you pronounced it correctly. Oh, wow. First try. I feel like <laughs> Mambro. Um, yeah, so he, he uh, I think he kind of blew up last season. Um, and this year, from what I've been reading, of course, you know, I just uh, have the very surface level understanding. But from what I've been reading, he's he's having sort of a step back um, and not performing as well. Would you say that's true? Or, or is this just normal for a young player that's, you know, getting used to playing at these levels? Yeah, uh, last year he lost his father uh, when he was 18. So he, he easily went through quite a lot. It, it was difficult for him. Uh, you know, everybody hyped him to be the next uh, whatever, next uh, big star. 
uh, I guess it's 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 normal for young players. Hey, he's, he's 18, 19. So it, I guess it's no, normal to have a setback at some point. And Smeet is uh, constantly focusing on him, uh, telling him to improve that, to do this, to do a bit more, make sure he's not becoming lazy. Um, he's improving at the stage, yeah. That's so different than what we have in Greece, you know, like we barely get youngsters playing because our media will kill them if they make one mistake. So it's it's really difficult for youngsters. So I, I don't know if you've noticed this more, but more and more Greek players have been going to the Netherlands, actually, to develop younger Greek players and Greek clubs have been sending their their, their players there. Olympiakos, for example, I think Chimikas went to Willem in, in the Netherlands. We We've sent Marius Fursai there, who's now come into our first team. Mm. And I guess we just have this admiration for you guys because you don't kill your youngsters and they come out and become stars and go on to big leagues. And we have our youngsters and they have to go to the Netherlands to get game time. So how would you say that mentality is different? If youngsters make a mistake, do people jump on their backs? Because we know here in Greece, they would get whistled and booed if they make mistakes. So is it a different mentality almost? How would you describe it? Uh, yes and no. Um, yeah, youngsters do get a chance, but at the, at the biggest clubs, you know, whenever someone at PSV messes up, it, age doesn't matter. He's a first-team player, so he has to perform. Right? That's easy. But our coaches and our teams, our clubs, uh, do give opportunities more easily than in other countries. We arose from that. We, knew we, we have always have profit from the national teams. Any youngsters uh, com can come through at, at any clubs. And for PSV, it's another advantage. They have uh, the highest youth team is in, the, is in the second tier of Dutch football. So they can get used to a professional football, playing against all the guys. Uh, that's a big advantage for PSV, yeah. That's something that I wish we could have for Greece with Olympiakos like and I know they do it in Germany as well where the youth team uh for a lot of the bigger clubs competes in you know the second or third division mm -hmm. and uh you know I think that works out really well uh going back to a tactical question that I have um about pressing so Olympiakos uh a lot of times in Europe we'll see that um the pressing is sort of on and off you know Olympiakos will will press very intensively for for a bit and then sort of sit back and allow the team to possess a bit more freely. Um, how do PSV handle the press, especially when it comes to playing out of the back? You know, I'm assuming if, if they're Dutch, they probably are pretty uh, pretty good on the ball. And uh, and do PSV play a pretty high tempo uh, in defense? Do they like to press? Um, I'm wondering how, how we would be able to deal with that. Let's start with your first question. PSV is, is perfectly able to, to work from defense to attack. Um, most of the goals are counter goals, actually. So, Olympiacos uh, has to be careful about that. <laughs> and from the other perspective, PSV likes to press 90 minutes. Uh, Roger Smith uh, made quite a bit of impression in, in Europe over the years uh, with Red Bull Salzburg, with, with Leverkusen. Uh, he, he did come very far in Europe. And he's trying to implement his playing style at PSV, but they're not capable of pressing 90 minutes yet. So first they could do it for 40 minutes, now it's 50, 60, maybe 70. 
but then they get tired. He has to make changes in the team and things get a bit sloppier. So the, the last minutes will, will be very important. Who has the most condition, who is, who is able to, to make the difference in the, in the last uh, chapter of the match. Yeah, overall, I just think this is such an exciting tie because we have a Portuguese manager and, you know, we like to, in Europe, typically we like, we'll play a 4-3-3 and try to pack the midfield and then hit on the counter. Mm-hmm. So we're, I, I, I would put the, the excitement as, as high because I don't know if you guys saw, but the last Europa League, we drew Arsenal in 32, we went through, and then we drew mm-hmm. the Wolves which was another very difficult draw. And we should have gone through, but our backup goalkeeper, let's not even get started on that. The podcast <laughs> fans know. Uh, yeah, so this this is such an exciting tie for us. And we really, I I would say, we really believe we can get out of this this tie. Just hearing you describe how PSV plays, it seems like this is a team Olympiacos can beat. And I guess my final question would really be like, what what type of Pesve team is this? Is this one of the better teams that Pesve have had, or is this a lower tier one? I know they've won the league, was it a few times in the past five, ten years? So where does this team stack up? We know we've Ajax has a fantastic team with Tadic and now they signed Hala for around 20 mm-hmm. million euros, I think. So where is is Pesve in that discussion of a a top Dutch team or, or are they seen a level lower this year? Well, they're, they're still a top team in the Netherlands. Uh, obviously, they're always playing for the first places. Even now, the gap is only four points, uh, even though Ajax has a game in hand, so it could be seven. Uh, PSV is not as strong as five or ten years ago when they go to, to the semifinals of the Champions League. Uh, obviously, uh, in the Netherlands, the best players get sold and lesser players come back, or maybe talented youngsters, but they're not at the level yet to perform uh, at, at, the, at the very top. So PSV is not as strong as five or 10 years ago, but they're in a transition, you know. Um, Rogo Schmidt, is, as I said, Rogo Schmidt is implementing his, his new playing style and they get used to that more and more uh, game after game, but it's difficult to rate them at this point. Maybe, maybe they have a good day in, against Olympiacos and they win. Maybe they won't. <laughs> it's hard to predict. I guess PSV thinks they're the favorites, uh, though. Interesting, because not, not sure if they should be, but I guess yeah. in in Eindhoven they think they are the favorites. It's so interesting because in Greece, where we just signed Kenny Lalala, so Gratis came back, and I th- I would say I don't know, Peter, you can chuck in, but. From what I read, like our papers, our people back home are so excited for this one because they think like this is a this is a team we can beat. Of course, all respect to PSV, they have fantastic players, but this seems like a tie that maybe we can win. So it, it's a really exciting draw. I guess our our final question to wrap up would be: Can you give us a prediction? Maybe who will go through? What will be the aggregate score? If you want. Wow, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this one, even though it's, it's an obvious question. Um, uh, Thais, well, before, you, before you do that, Lambro, I just want to say you called him Kenny La 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 again. I'm so, Kenny La La. I, <laughs> anyway, and anyway. Thais, actually, um, before you do give your score, I, I just like would briefly say, uh, if you were to, to roughly predict the lineups for these games, would you say that they're going to stick with the 4-4-2? 
Malin and Zahavi up top with pretty much the same uh, same lineup as they've been using? Yeah, it, it's pretty, uh, it's probably going to be four to two. He played it all the season, you know, the four four in the back, uh, then Sangare and Rosario in midfield for the power for control. Uh, before them, they have two Iatar and, and another creative player, probably uh, Mauro Jr. or Gutierrez or, or Fine or maybe Gutze. If he's if he, no, he won't be fit for the first uh, for the first time. And now you want my prediction? Yeah, now so and you know if if uh, if if you think Olympiacos are going to lose, we're not going to be offended. Um, so <laughs> give us your best shot. We're we are wrong all the time on the podcast, so there's no shame. Uh, in that <laughs> no I think it'll, it'll be very close you know Olympiacos has the experience PSV has the talented youngsters um, it will be close it will be uh, decided on details I guess and I guess the tie in, in Greece mm, difficult I think maybe a draw 1-1-1-2-2 one, 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 two, two maybe and in Eindhoven uh the injuries will play a big part. Um, we'll have to see who's fit, who's uh, who's suspended, maybe who who get injured. And my prediction, as as a Dutch, as a Dutch football fan, um, I think PSV will go through. Maybe one one in maybe two two in Greece, one one in 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 the Netherlands, maybe something like that on away goals. It, it will be close. Well, we hope you're wrong, <laughs> but but it's not, but that, those those sound like a couple of very exciting football games. So you know, yeah, you know, the ball, a ball could hit the post, the ball could go in, but <laughs> it could be given, could be not given. It'll be, it'll be decided on details. So you could go wrong, I could go wrong. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. We will, we will. At least well, it will be two good matches, and I'm looking forward to it. That's that's what I hope as well. It should be a really fun uh, couple of games. Tice, I want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. Um, we will just wrap up and we'll ask you one more question, which is um, I'm sure some of the listeners of the podcast might want to follow you on social media or, or keep up with some of the stuff you're writing. Uh, we probably have some listeners out there from the Netherlands. So um, if there's, you know, if you're on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you're, you're writing your stuff, uh, feel free to let people know where they can access it. Yeah, they can uh, use uh, our site, obviously, our app, uh, footballzone.nl. And I'll share something on Twitter as well. It's my name, so Thijs Verhaar. And they could follow me on Instagram. That's Thijs Verhaar VC. Well, Thijs, thank you again so much for coming on. And uh, yeah. we'll say, hope you enjoy the game. I don't want to say hope PSV win, but uh, I hope I hope it's a, a good game that everybody enjoys watching. And uh, best of luck with everything in the future. Yeah, same to you guys. Thanks. Well, we did have the first leg of the Greek Cup quarterfinal during the week. Olympiakos beat Adis 2-1. Quite an interesting game. Hassan gets on the board very early, but shortly after. Uh, and Ushenu Ba own goal levels the score. And then eventually Hassan brings it back and the score remains 2-1. Pretty interesting game. Maybe not our best. Lambro, what did you think about it? First things first, it is so difficult to find a way to watch these Greek Cup games. We we pay for Nova Sports to watch the league games, but there's no alternative for Cup games other than 
we're not going to shout out the channel, but they they struggled at times. <laughs> it's a Greek site, and they struggled. We can't at have time. the feds knowing knowing. Can't this, have the, the feds knowing channel. about it. The best was when it cut out in the middle, and you see the guy's you see the guy's mouse pointer on his screen, <laughs> yeah. trying yeah. to fix the feed. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, I guess if I mistake someone, it's I can blame it on that. But overall, getting into the game, it was a four four two. There were ten changes, I think, to the starting lineup: goalkeeper, right back, one center back, left back both in the midfield, both wingers and two strikers. So 10 changes. We saw Kuypers and Hassan up top. We saw a very, very good Jose Julevas, I have to say, with an assist. Lala, not Lala, Lala struggled a bit at times defensively, but did look good at some points going forward. Definitely looks like he has it. I'm just... I, I'm I'm gonna give him some time. I don't think we, we discussed this. I don't think he's ready for next week, but we'll see about that. But overall, good game. Uh, of course, Hassan opened the goal just very early, the first minute. Beautiful touch by Versailles. Played in Kuipers. Kuipers beautiful pass. Good finish by Hassan. Well done. It and then mistake by Ba. And then yeah, Hassan got another early one. And then it kind of turned into a bit of a, a more laid back game. I'd say from that point on. I have to hand it to Hassan to be fair to him. Like the guy, it wasn't a type of game where he got 90 chances and only scored two. You know, he actually, two of the two of his goals were pretty nice finishes, both with his feet. And he didn't get a lot of chances and he took advantage of the ones he had. So, you know, this was a very good game from Hassan and we actually needed him to be this clinical to win the game. So like huge, huge stuff from him. Of course, conceding the goal is very unfortunate. This means that if Adis win in Thessaloniki 1-0, Olympiacos are out of the cup, which, you know, we're not going to be able to hear the end of from the fans of every other team in Greece at this point. Um, so we do not want that, of course. Uh, you know, as long, if we draw or better in Thessaloniki, we're all set to go. But, you know, it's, it's kind of unnerving to know that literally one goal uh, could could change the outcome for us. But uh, we did see 90 minutes of Kenny Lala. As Lambro said, you know, he wasn't super sharp. Um, he's still getting used to the team. And, you know, I what I saw from him is, is that he did run quite a bit. Um, you know, he didn't overlap as much as maybe we wanted him to. But uh, I think he'll just need some time. I think Andruzos is good. Uh, and we can, you know, sort of rest knowing that we at least have Andruzos for the first leg of PSV, and uh, we'll see where that takes us. Well, credit to Lala. I mean, it's you. You can see the talent is there. The technical ability is there. the The guy attempted three smart passes. I mean, three pretty good looks that really would have created danger opportunities. He only connected one of them, but the looks are there. The rest is more understanding with the team. Defensively, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, the guy led the team in interceptions. He had nine interceptions, 10 recoveries. Defensively, he did quite well. Uh, we would like to see him get a few more crosses. I, I only remember him doing two. Um, but he was pretty good on the dribble. The, the issues that you saw there were mainly, you know, like maybe let's say the one-two touch link up. You know, he doesn't know the players. He doesn't know where they're going to be. When he gets more comfortable, 
that might come out and then we might see more overlaps as a player you're not going to exert that effort especially if you're not really sure what the guys in front of you are going to do you're not always going to be making those extra runs to exert that effort if you don't know you're going to be rewarded for it but all in all i thought he had a a a, a pretty good game for what we could expect from a, a new entrant into the team yeah, the fact that he attempted three smart passes and, you know, even though only one of them, uh, I think, completed, but you could tell that the ideas were there. And, and maybe, to be fair, part of it is just that he was paired up with Lazar on the right wing as well. But um, I think it's exactly what you said, Adi. He just needs to get used to knowing how his teammates are going to play, where they're going to go. And the more he can sort of predict that, you know, the more often we're going to see those smart passes that he's looking to to attempt, the more often we're going to see those uh, those being completed. If I could jump in, we, we can keep talking about Lala, but I want to point out two players I was really disappointed with, and that was Lazar Angelovic again. First things first, someone said it on Twitter. It's time to go. It, it's It's been a year. Like, what chance did Maxi Lovera get? And he got pushed out the door, and now he's in Argentina when did he get this many minutes and 90 minutes like this of doing nothing? The absolute coat, like it's time to go. This man has been given every single opportunity for a year and a half. And there's no more defense of him. He's failed to step up and at every level. So it's time to go first. Second thing, second, Tiago Silva defensively just does not have it. How many fouls did he commit? I don't know if Y Scout has that number, but he cannot mark or tackle to save his life. I don't think he can play in a 4-4-2 midfield. Like, that was bad. He should have taken how many cards and just... Yeah. It was just lazy fouling because he doesn't have the ability to, to tackle. Well, and that's the curious thing, right? Because he was playing deeper than Bukhalakis. And I found that to be kind of odd because... Usually we've seen Buhalakis or Jan and Vila play deeper, which makes sense because, look, those guys, they're going to close down passing lanes, win the ball back, and distribute. Jan, of course, can get the ball back and play a gorgeous long ball upfield, and Buhalakis also has that same capacity. Thiago Silva doesn't really. Now, does he get forward with the ball well? Yeah. Was he great with the ball at his feet? Yeah. But defensively, I mean, again, I think – uh, when I checked, he ended up closing down six players. He only won the ball once. Air in the air, he was worse. It was he's just not good defensively. He had, I think, five interceptions, which is good. I think he's okay. I think he's okay in a 4-4-2 setting if he's the guy that's going forward with the ball. But Bukalakis has to be the guy defensively. I wasn't a fan of seeing Bukalakis further up the pitch and try, you know trying to be the one with the ball at his feet because I thought Bukalakis was poor. He was not only poor defensively, but he's also poor on the ball. He couldn't he couldn't hold the ball up when he got pressured. He lost it multiple times. He couldn't really get out of trouble. He lost it on every one-on-one -on -one dribble attempt. He lost it every time he got closed down. I will say this about Thiago Silva, though. He was involved in the game offensively. He was on the ball constantly, took his space when it, when it presented himself or when it presented itself. So... I can't knock him necessarily for that. But yeah, defensively, Thiago Silva is just tragic. One interesting thing, too, they put Mari Camara on to partner Silva, which, I mean, we haven't seen a midfield like that at all in the entire year of Mari and Thiago Silva in the midfield. I think Silva works best with, like, a Jan and Vila, like we saw, um, you know, in, in the other game when we played 4-4-2. I forget who it was against. 
but there like in Vila takes the defensive duties, obviously. And then, you know, Silva doesn't have that responsibility. And it was, yeah, it was really weird to see Silva like really dropping deep when like people thought he was a number 10, like when we first signed him and now he's like really sitting back in this four, four, two. And then he comes on with Madi, and that's like, you know, you would think that's a pretty attacking midfield when we're up one goal. I thought that was an interesting thing to see as well. For sure, I, Peter. I, it was interesting because then they brought on Fortunis as well. And did Silva play all 90 minutes? I think he did, right? So yep, yep. it was interesting for sure. And I don't want to change. I, I, well, I will change subject pretty sharp here. What do you guys think about Socrates? First things first to me, I... It was a bit shocking. I think he got beat over the top one or two times and like he got beat like he was, it, I don't want to say beat like he was letting in a player go on goal, but like the pace wasn't there. And when I remember Socrates, you know, he he wasn't like top speed, not Felipe Santana, if we were, no, I'm just joking, Felipe Santana. But Socrates used to be quite quick and be able to recover. Like, I don't know if that's still there for him, like the the quick legs and I, I want to say it was one or two times. It was just Manos turned him and went went in behind and Ba had to cover. I don't know if you guys remember that at all, but just like maybe the pace isn't there. And so, okay, it's his first game. He played 60 minutes, but it was a little worrying for Paisve now that Danielle Mullen, as Tice just told everyone, young Dutch superstar is going to be getting in behind on the counter. It is yeah. It is a bit scary to think about what we're going to be facing next week. It definitely didn't do Socrates any favors. I don't ever remember him being that quick, but I remember him being very physical and very difficult to get around. Now, this could be an adjustment because he's playing. he's been playing against U23s in England. It's a different, obviously, it's going to be a different type of play. He's back playing against, even though it's in Greece and it's against more professional players. I think he has to acclimate a little bit, but... You know, I mean, he was good. For me, he was good. Decent, I'll say, closing people down. The, in the air, he w- he won. He only had, I think I saw him go up in the air once, and he won that. Uh, he had the one loose ball. Uh, he had four interceptions, six recoveries, one clearance, one foul. Not too bad. I thought he was okay. Now, I'm not saying I'm not worried about PSV, because if we see this Socrates against PSV, then I think we're in trouble. Um, especially if we see the Ba from like the first 20 minutes of the first half or maybe even the first 30 minutes of the first half. We're in trouble if Socrates and and Ba play like that. We need a way more solid back line, more compact and a little bit better at positioning and anticipating if we're going to have any hope of getting past PSV. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but that own goal seemed very preventable. Um, in terms of Ba's positioning, like the sort of where he like angled his body, like so the ball just went in the goal. I don't know. To me, that just seemed very preventable. Obviously, it was a, a pretty quick action, but definitely seemed like something was off with Ba a little bit at the beginning. Maybe he's just not used to playing with Socrates. Um, Analytics-wise, he didn't look terrible. Um, of course, I don't think his own goal goes in as a duel or anything, but um, he did win most of his duels. I think he was three for four. Although, to be fair, one of his duels we would maybe call uh, an, an effective duel loss because they kept possession, uh, the player just passed it back, and then they ended up continuing to go forward in their attack. Uh, but he was three for three on his aerial duels as well, uh, which is you know something that's always good to see. But yeah, I mean, 
you guys, it's tough. Do you think we see Bon Socrates again over the weekend? Obviously, it's a derby game, and we 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 might want to put Semedo in, but I feel like you almost want to give these guys another ninety minutes together in preparation for the uh, the PSV game. Of course, this decision might be made for us because Socrates came off, and uh, there was some some complaints about maybe a small injury on his part. So maybe he sort of gets the rest uh, in a forced manner and we don't see him against Panathinaikos. So I, so I have two answers to this. So Coach Martin said, I, I read somewhere that he didn't come off for injury-wise. The plan was 60 minutes. He got to 60 minutes and they yanked him essentially. But there was definite signs of tiring. I, I don't buy the whole thing that it was completely planned because he was moving his leg around, his groin around, and uh, he, he seemed off the pace a little bit. But for this coming Sunday, um, it's going to snow here on Saturday, so I was interested right away. I was like, is there going to be some rain? It's going to be cold and rainy in Athens on Sunday. It's going to be a wet. We already know how terrible Leoforos is. The pitch is going to be disgusting. So... Do we want <laughs> thing is we don't want to risk him as well. Like he goes onto that little foros pitch and goes down. Andreas Buhalakis, welcome back. You're our center back. So man, God, no, I I I just think you can't risk him almost, you know? It, it's that crazy to say he needs to play games, but you can't risk him getting injured on Leo Foro's pitch. Like I I don't I I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't play him. Maybe if we're up, you bring him on for like 15, 20 minutes. But there is no one else. So, yeah, let, let's just go with Tomato and Bai, I guess. I don't know what you think. Avram. We still got Avram. Avram, Avram is injured, Avram's too. Got... We're, we're just oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Avram, Avram will fight is going to be it. our center back. Like. Avram, is, Avram is so strong and experienced. He will fight through the injury. He'll play on a broken leg. Literally, I mean, no disrespect to Avram, but like, he gets injured, like, I swear, every time he plays more than 45 minutes. I Every time he plays, I just think of the victoria Plazen game. It's like, Avram, he's going to be out there and lead us. And, like, within five minutes, he, like, pulled up on a torn hamstring. It was like... He's 37. Yeah, like, what do you... 36, whatever it is. I remember, like, he just, like, went up for one header, and then he, like, came down. And he was like, yeah, the hamstring's pulled. And, like, like what looked like a 12-year-old Bob was, like, coming in, just flying in everywhere. We're like... This Champions League campaign is not going to go well. Anyway, back to the main point. Like, there is no one else. Like, you just bring him. I think the more interesting question is the la 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 la. Does he play on Sunday, or do we stick with Andrutos and then run Andrutos again against PSV? I don't know. I would prefer Andrutos. Just yeah, to be honest with I you. I think we probably go Andrutos. Like, I think la la because uh, we play Adis in the league next weekend if I'm not mistaken, after PSV, I think we see Lala in that game. I think for Panathinaikos, we go with Andrutsos, the guy we're sort of more sure of, and probably the guy that Martins intends to use on Thursday against PSV. And then after that game, we can continue to, to see more of Lala. He'll be in training, obviously, with the guys, and uh, you know he'll just... We'll just try our best to work him in. It's honestly like I wish we had like a Yanina this weekend or a an Atromitos. You know, it'd be a great time to get Lala in and get him really gelling with the team. But unfortunately, a bit of a tough stretch of games here. But you know, we'll have to get used to that with the championship group coming up. At least for the Derby, I'd be more I'm more concerned that 
we're not going to have the offense because we know Bonathinakos is going to pack it in. They're going to be very defensive, compact. And Andrutos is better to go around that. But we can already see that Lala is a way better defensive player than Andrutsos is. You could see that be just more physical. He's just bigger. It's something yeah, he's yeah. more used to. And Andrutsos, I'm not convinced with defensively. You know, we've seen of quite a few games and I've seen him getting beat. I've seen him positionally a little awkward on the defensive end of the ball. Not that that is a problem for me long term, but at least in the short term to, to really get this derby win and to really make things happen in Europe, I'd rather have somebody that's better on that aspect of the ball. So I would definitely stick with Adruzos for Panathinaikos. He's going to overlap more. He's going to get us more opportunities going forward, especially because he has a better understanding of the team. But Lala, when it comes to a team that's probably going to be on us, you know, on us more, maybe not the first leg of PSV, but definitely at the very least for the second leg, I would yeah. probably play them in there, especially if we're trying to hold the lead. Yeah, and of course, I think one important point is obviously even without fans, um, it probably helps a little bit to be in Greece, I would say. And so the first leg is uh, is in Athens. And we might be in the position where, um, you know, in the second leg, we have to, we really have to defend or maybe we have to score an away goal. So it might just depend on the way the tie works out as well. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting set of games and we'll have to see what happens. It could be very uh, match dependent. Yeah, like listening to Tice, who came in and spoke with us earlier, as you guys listened to, this PSV team has some talent on on the wings. I, I, he described the fullbacks, Mox and Dumfries. Of course, Dumfries, the the starter on the Dutch national team, the captain of PSV. So there's going to be a test for both Oleg and Andrusos in that first game. Oh God, it, it's it's going to be such a good game, and I, I just don't know how that's going to go. I I'm thinking back now when Lala, like this idea of maybe Lala can come on, right? Remember five subs, right? So maybe he could come on. My mind, I don't know about you guys, goes directly to Porto away when Ruben Vinagre came on and just a disaster happens. Like a player who hadn't, of course, Vinagre is no comparison to Lala, hopefully, but just a player who hasn't been getting minutes around the team is brought in because, okay, we need fresh legs, we need fresh legs, and the defense just crumbles. I'm really hoping that does not happen. But at some point, you're just going to have to, you may have to risk it and play Lala because this is a guy who's played at the top level in France and has a ton of experience. I don't, I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting tie. And for this weekend, yeah, I think, I think you have to go. I, I think Martin sometimes sees these games as practice runs, right? You know, like this is a big game, so it's away from home. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes 4-3-3 and packs the midfield, the typical Bukharlakis, Madi, Envia, Andrutos, Oleg. And then, again, it's that center back spot. I think you have to start Semedo. I think you have to. So, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, we've got a bit of a debacle with the wingers as well. Um, I hope we see Vrusai, but... I don't think Martins plays Vrusai as much as we like for some of these games. You know, it, he played in a cup game. Um, so Lakis also played. So, like, what does that tell you? But uh, I don't want to see Lazar. I feel like we'll, uh, I feel like we're going to see Masuras, which I don't know. Uh, listen, listen, Peter, Masuras is in as much stick as we give him. This is the best form he's been in all season. We have to say that, right? 
And when we talk, I, I think it is like I, he was in better form. Like he had a bit at of the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 he did score a lot of goals. He's yeah, been yeah, okay, garbage for a while, and he's been he's better. Getting but like, back in form, let's say I we and, I could just see like a stinker though. Like we like Martinez yeah. is like Yorgos time time to realize your potential in this big game. We I'm just gave him a give massive you, contract, so I'm going to give you the the reins, <laughs> but, and then he comes in and just like kills every bird in Leoforos, and like we draw or something or lose i don't know with the psv game though i can see game script that is favorable for both masuras and radevich first of all psv is is very possession oriented and i imagine even though i don't think we're going to be like huddled in i think they're probably gonna at the very least slightly dominate possession against us and when we start getting packed in and playing more on the counter that's where lazar shines that's where he has historically done his best work for us when we can suck the defense in he gets space and can use his speed on the counter and get by them so i could see lazar being functional in that game and masuras in a more balanced approach he his work rate benefits us on the other end of the ball so i could see that also being beneficial for specifically the psv game now in greece he has performed better because i think that's the competition that is probably more his skill level we've always said he's a good squad player and i wouldn't mind him starting in the derby because the derbies are ugly and we need people with high work rate to just win the ball and get things going um but that's the game script i could see being favorable for him in those situations Listen, I, w- I want to say one thing that I said. Um, I've been saying a lot about Masuras. I feel like the fullbacks are huge for him. When he has terrible fullbacks, Jose Jolebas and Rafinha behind him, he's nothing. He can't do anything because he wants to run. He needs space. He's not getting past anyone one-on-one. And when Rafinha is 20 meters behind him and he doesn't have someone to go make a run in behind, he's done. He's done nothing. So I don't think it's... Okay, I, I don't think it's surprising that attacking young overlapping fullbacks come in and Masura's production starts to ramp up again. I really think he relies heavily on fullbacks. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I hope he plays against PSV. This is, this could be a terrible thing, but I would love to see him. The other, the bigger question for me is I think Valbuena or Fortunis at this point, who are you going to play? I, I don't know. Well, if we do the 4-3-3, we probably don't see either of them start unless Fortunis goes out to the wing, which I personally do not like because then, you know, he and Madi just like sort of do this weird thing and Madi basically, uh, we don't use him to his best potential and we don't really use Fortunis to his best potential either. I see both of them as super subs in, in this game. You know, if we go with the 4-3-3, if we start Masuras and either Lazar or Rusai on the right. Of course, Fabuena is a bit more natural as a winger. Um, and of course, also it's true that Fabuena and Fortunis, when they play together, sometimes it looks weird and, and we don't have the best results. So I think we probably see, you know, maybe if, if we need a goal, Fortunis comes on and to be honest, uh, you know, we talked to Tice about how the fullbacks are very strong for PSV and, and the best route through might be to attack the center backs and go directly through the middle. Costas Fortunis coming in and just, you know, 
flexing his creative skill. Uh, I think, you know, an early change, 55th minute, he comes on for like Buhalakis and just absolutely just rips them a new one. And, and hopefully we get some goals that way. Specifically the left center back. I went through the last six weeks of games for PSV and I watched every threatening, we'll say anything that, that registered above a 0.2 XG in terms of goal threat. And every, almost every single one came through their left center back. Whoever was playing it, it didn't matter. Um, I, I'm already forgetting the name of the, of the player that has been there. But anyway, the, most of those threatening opportunities came through that left center back. Whether he was caught out of position, a ball cut him through, somebody, somebody got by him. And that's where the majority of those are. That, that, the center back position for them is vulnerable. Uh, and when you look at the Y Scout player rankings or the the rankings in the Dutch league, their center backs don't rank very highly, especially in the defensive metrics. So that's where we have to attack. We have to go up through the middle, specifically on their left side, our right side of the park. That target that. I would do everything we could. The most direct winger we have available, Vrusai, let him run on him. Fortunis, let him run on him. And let's test him. Let's catch them there. Force them to adjust. Because if we can get them out of their 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 momentum, their possession momentum, their throw them off their groove a little bit, we can take this game. They play beautiful possession ball. It's great to watch, and it's going to be really dangerous. So we have to do something to kind of throw them off a little bit. I know we're going to have the PSV guys on soon, but I want to ask Adi, in comparison to who we've seen this year, who do you think they compare most like? Are they as good as Porto, would you say? Are, are they at that level? Are they, they're surely better than Marseille, right? That's just a garbage fire. But yeah, like what level are we looking at here? Like just, I don't think many Greek fans like us follow Dutch football. We know Ajax, we know Pace Vera, a strong team, but we don't know. Like what is the level here we're, we're looking at? For me, from what I've seen, based on the fact that they possess a lot, they're very offensive, I would consider them more like a poor man's Man City, not as much one touch. Of course, not the same quality. I'm I'm not saying that, but as that would probably be the closest because Porto, remember, they played us very defensively. Now, were they great getting forward with the ball? Absolutely, but they played defensive. We we uh, dominated possession against Porto in both games. They sat back, took their opportunities, and got forward. PSV isn't like that. They're going to command possession. They want to be possessing the ball as much as they can. That's why I'd say it's more like Man City. Now, are they as crisp? No. Do it, as much one touch? No. But do they? is the interplay pretty good? Yeah. Can they make some magic and work some one-twos or maybe one touch between two or three people at segments? Absolutely. So that's. I think it's going to be more in, in, in lines of that. So in terms of that, we haven't played really a team that's going to possess as much as they will against us besides Man City. And a reminder that if you want to hear more about PSV pregame, obviously we talked about it a bit today with Tyson a bit just now, but we do have the episode with the PSV podcast coming out probably a few hours uh, at least before the first leg of that Europa League tie. So we'll have full coverage and predictions and all that fun stuff with the PSV podcast. Uh, to wrap up today's episode, 
we'll do a little good old fashioned man of the match and coaches grade uh, for the Adis game. For man of the match, I'll just say it was Hassan. Uh, he scored two great goals, and if he didn't, you know, have uh, that clinical touch on both of those because they were both pretty good finishes, uh, you know, we w- might not have gotten the result. So huge, huge up to Hassan. He has to be the man of the match for me, although we're, there were some other decent performances. Um, coach's grade. So the the bomb mistake was not the coach's fault. Um, I didn't necessarily love all of the changes, but I think um, in terms of keeping people rested, you know, in terms of why we didn't see Yana Vila, I think that makes sense. Um, I'll say A minus, you know, there's not really something that I can think of to, to really dock him any points there. Uh, you know, keeping in mind that he has to sort of keep the long view with this stuff. You know, I'm glad he gave Lala some time, even if we don't see him. Uh, for the PSV game, but I think I'll go A minus. Probably, I can't think of anything else. Adi, uh, man of the match for me. I mean, again, I, if when a guy scores two goals, it's hard to say he's not the man of the match. I will say this though, <laughs> Hassan. I don't even think touched the ball ten times. He had the three shots. Yeah, he completed four passes <laughs> in sixty-one minutes. The guy and you he know, did nothing besides the goals. Like <laughs> <laughs> right. So the guy and you know, I know of course he got into a couple of tussles. So, but I I remember hearing that he didn't even have ten touches on the ball. From what I see, I I barely count with the passes and the duels and the goals, the shots that he had. 10, 10 occasions where he touched the ball. It's so it's just hilarious. Hassan's one of those enigmas uh, because what, from what you see, he's a player that has more production than he ever should have. But you know what? I'm not going to complain. I'll take it. Hassan, man of the match, roll with it. He looked like the he literally did remind me of Zlatan on the second goal when he kind of like stuck his foot out a little bit. That's what I thought of. So I hope the Egyptian Zlatan never stopped scoring. And then my coach's grade for Martins, it's hard for me. It, it's hard for me to not give him an A because again, we know that he was going to rotate because it was a cup game. And then the the two subs he made in the 61st minute when he took off uh, Bukalakis and Hassan, I liked the the sub because I thought Bukalakis was having a poor game needed to come off. Madi is good on the defensive end of the ball, and of course he's way better on the offensive end of the ball. Uh, and then, of course, Fortunis came on. So those were two changes I liked because we were still going to have offensive pressure, and I thought we were solidifying the midfield in that respect. Then as we went on, you know, he brought uh, Semedo on for Papastathopoulos. Again, Socrates, we don't think really has the fitness to last. Plus, uh, uh, don't know exactly where he's at right now. But yeah, I was okay. I was okay with the substitutions. Um, so I'm gonna give him an A. It was a good. It was a good win. I would have liked to hold more, but I can't hold the own goal against him. So A for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give him an A as well. And actually, I really, as Adi explained, Hassan could be huge in this game with Pezve. Like they are small central defenders too. I don't know if you saw this on the video, but like these guys are not tall, not strong guys. Like. Hassan is amazing in the air. Like, that could be one of our goals a la Marseille. Anyway, my man of the match, like, 
this may be controversial, but I'm going with Jose Holebas. I thought he played fantastic. I really enjoyed he had one of the assists and he was just running up and down. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed him. And I'll, I'll give Martins an A as well. I, I was, I'm fine with the result. But um, as a lot of people noted, this tie is not over, which is a bit annoying. We're going to have to go to Salonica with, with we're going to have to put out a strong team, I would assume. So that's a bit annoying, but what, what can you do? I'm surprised. I'm not surprised you didn't give man of the match to Hassan. I thought you were going to give it to Mitroglou. Now, oh my God. <laughs> he just, he put in an absolute shift and, you know, he, he looked incredibly fit. He looked great. You know, you could have also given the man of the match to Bruno as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. He also, uh, you know, came in and just had an impact on the game for sure. If I could say something real quick about Mitroglu, magical moment. Even the announcer said he it would have been lovely to have fans there to welcome him back. But he does not look like he's in shape. I'm like, I'm sorry. He does not. He There was a lot of walking. And I know there's a lot of jokes, like, just by seeing some guy with their shirt off, like, or with their shirt on, can you really tell how good of shape they're in? He did not. He was like class A looking like he had a stomach. So yeah. I'm a little worried for my prediction. Aris are coming in second in the Super League with Manos going to have to be the guy. Anyway, just, just what I saw. Well, with no injuries, if they get no injuries, they can do it. But if they have to start reaching to that bench, it might be a problem. Now, Lamba, real quick before we close up, I wanted to touch on that point you made about Hassan and that back line. Uh, you know, forget just the back line. That PSV team is young. They're younger, a little bit smaller. Hassan is very physical. And that's something we need to take advantage of. The average age of that team is 23 years, almost 24 years old, 23.8. They have the youngest team in the Eredivisie. So I think this is a great opportunity for Hassan to kind of throw his weight around in there and get quite a few tap-ins at their expense. Should be an interesting one for sure. To wrap up, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode, especially if you've made it this far. We will have Adoni on for a very fun-filled episode that will come out on Monday where we'll talk about the Derby, Olympiakos, Panathinaikos. Actually, a really, really big opportunity for Pau to potentially make a push for a second, which would be pretty crazy if they uh, if they won that game and got those tough three points. And... Uh, We'll see how the game goes. I'm sure we'll learn some things for Thursday from it as well. So uh, we are looking forward to watching that. And uh, next week, we'll, of course, have the PSV podcast leading up to the big, big European tie. It feels like ages since we've had European football. So we're very excited that that is back. And with that, thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we will see you very soon.